Welcome to the Rhythm of Us podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. This past year, we released a book we've been pouring our hearts and souls into for quite some time, and it's called The Rhythm of Us. And it's available now wherever you get your books. Throughout this season, we'll be exploring the five rhythms from our book, as well as sitting with and learning from wise leaders, mentors, and friends in our life about the intentional rhythms that can lead us closer to God and closer to each other. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Rhythm of Us podcast. We are so excited to be here, babe. It's been a while, but I'm, it's good to be back. <laughs> it's so good to be back. We kind of declared a Sabbath rest <laughs> after the holidays, and yeah. we have been enjoying such a much-needed time of rest with our family and just kind of enjoying each other. But it feels so good to be back with you guys this week. So thank you so much for being here with us and for listening <laughs> along the way as we've been taking our break. Yeah, and if you know people have been following along with you on social, you've been kind of chronicling our life and all that's happening. We got to have some really fun trips with our kids and make those memories, right? That, that's really what this is all about, is leaning into these special seasons while they're under our roof and in our house. Yes, if you've been listening for a while, you know that we have five kids ranging Ooh. from five to 17, which means that on the weekly, I am tearing up <laughs> because right. our son, our oldest, who's been with us for 17 years, is going to be graduating next year. And I am telling you, there is nothing that makes me tear up quicker than like a graduation picture or even the thought of a graduation, oh, man. <laughs> a song that stirs it or anything. I mean, I can tear up instantly just thinking about launching him into the world. So pray yeah. for your sister, please. Pray for me while she's <laughs> crying in the corner. No, look, hey, I've been on the cry train. It's bad news. Country songs and talking about your teenager. And you're like, <laughs> I love no. you. So, I mean, so look, we've, we've had a lot of fun with our family and we're, we're really excited to be back here with you guys. But also some really exciting news is we are working on our second book. Yeah, We are deep in the throes of yes. it. And man, it is exciting. We're just believing in, and God's doing some big stuff already with it. Yeah. It has been wonderful to kind of take this break and really, you know, just seek the Lord for the message that he has for the second book. And right. um, I've shared some of it over social media and it's been fun to hear from some of you who've been praying for us, which we appreciate Absolutely. so much. I don't just say that lightly. We appreciate it so much. It is a huge labor of love to write a book. <laughs> I can say that Ooh. after writing our first book, we know a little bit more now than we did the first time, but it takes a lot out of you and it should, it, it yeah. should take a lot out of yeah. you. I'm, I'm a huge reader. And so books mean a lot to me. My life has been changed multiple times by tremendous books that God has brought across my path. And so it is the greatest honor to contribute to that stream. And so we don't take it lightly. We pour all of our heart and soul into these projects. And so it's taken a lot <laughs> and we are deep into the throes of this second project. And so we appreciate your prayers so much. Yeah, guys, when she says she loves books, she's not kidding. <laughs> you know, look, at the end of the day, like my back has hurt multiple times because she doesn't put books on like a Kindle or her phone. No, no, no. She's old school, y'all. She'll bring, we're going on a trip. She's like, okay, I got this book, this book. I'm like, you have half of the library. She's like, well, I might just need it. I don't know. So like if there's those of you listening out here, they're the exact same way. You got to have the book in your hand with a candle lit, just a good cup of coffee. There's no way you're going to listen to it. There's no way you're going to slide through a candle. You and Jenny are kindred spirits. <laughs> it's the best way. No, but so that is a big project that we've been working on. We're excited to share more in the months to come, more details. But thank you guys so much for your prayers and support in that. 
All right, as we jump into today's episode, we're going to do a little different this time. We've got something really special, something that God's kind of put on our heart. We have some amazing interviews coming down the line, but for today, we're diving into scripture and something that God has really been working in us and in our family. We wanted to take a little time and just share something that God's really put on our hearts over the last few months that we've been kind of in this rest season. Actually, something that Chris uncovered in his time with the Lord one morning that has just been really carrying us. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really been neat to see what God's done in this. So I'm not going to delay. I'm going to jump right in here. So a couple months ago, I was reading John 11. And if you're familiar with John 11, it's the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And I've, you know, we, I've read this story multiple times. It's probably one of my favorites. I, I just love the, it's the ultimate movie, right? At the end, like, unwrap him and let him go it's like freedom you know it's like braveheart right but there was something that caught my attention that i'd never seen before two words that stood out on the page a couple different times so we're gonna unpack it right now so jesus is doing ministry he's out and lazarus becomes sick right and his sisters martha and mary send message to jesus to say hey lazarus is sick and you should come back and help because he's really sick. And so Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. And he just sticks around there for two more days. He's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. And so then he's like, all of a sudden, like, okay, let's go. Let's go see Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So the disciples go to him and they're like, uh, hey, Jesus, remember people there in Judea that they, like, they want to kill you? What are we doing? Like, we should probably just stay here. He's like, no, no, Lazarus is there. He's asleep. And I want to go basically wake him up. And the disciples are like, well, if he's asleep, Jesus, that's he can wake up. I think he's like, no, guys, he's dead. That's what I'm, he's dead. We're going to go see him. We're going to raise him back to life and we're gonna see what's going on here but here's what happened here's what stood out to me and jumped off the page as jesus is walking back to bethany and as he arrives he's on the outskirts of town word gets to martha that jesus is in town and at this point lazarus has been dead four days four days he's been dead and jesus shows up on the scene martha and mary kind of per tradition we're at their house in mourning there's a lot of mourning happening there's an extended period of time people are upset they're weeping whatever and so then martha like leaves that big cry fest and was like i'm running to jesus and she runs to jesus and i just picture her kind of out of breath and she walks up to jesus and the very first thing she says in verse 21 of chapter 11 is lord if only you had been here my brother would not have died and then 22, she says, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And then Jesus right there plainly says, like, he says in verse 23, he says, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And she played like the super Christian card. Yes, Martha said, he will rise again when everyone else rises on the last day. She wasn't listening. She, she'd been in this morning state for a long time. She, she'd forgotten who she was in the presence of. And Jesus is like, no, 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 like I'm the Messiah. I'm going to do big things. And she just... She wasn't quite hearing what he was saying, right? And so they have this conversation. He's like, hey, you should go get Mary. Well, she does. She goes back. She tells Mary, hey, the teacher's here. The Messiah's here. He's on the outskirts of town. And so Mary's like, boom, she sprints to Jesus. She reaches Jesus. And then this is the very first thing that she says to Jesus. In verse 32, it says, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
And so this is what really stopped me in my tracks and, and caught my attention is that they literally both said the exact same thing to Jesus. The same statement, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then I started to think about the entire world that they had been living in for the last four days. They'd been sitting there in this room crying and mourning and weeping and playing out the story in their mind that they'll never see their brother again. And rightfully so, right? They were stuck in this this loop, this kind of endless loop of, of mourning and sadness. And the story that they heard was, if only Jesus had been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. But the thing that they were completely forgetting is that now they are standing in the presence of Jesus himself, who is the Messiah, the creator of the world, who could literally change everything with a snap of a finger, but they've forgotten it. And they're hanging on to this statement that they've been believing that I guarantee you was said hundreds or thousands of times over those few days in this group of mourners. And they're forgetting that he can actually do something powerful and they don't have to be stuck with if only. And so one of the things I think for you and I, babe, is that we started to think about and look at our own life and realize how many times do we all get stuck in this if only mindset? If only we would have made this decision. If only we would have taken this job. If only we had this amount of finances, we could do this thing over here. And we're just stuck in this if only mindset when we're literally connected and standing in the room. He's living in us. He loves us. He's all around us. We have a, a creator who loves us and can do unbelievable things. And just like Jesus in this story, he says, hey, look, I'm going to even move beyond your if only, your doubt and your inability to see what I can do right now. He goes to the tomb. He tells him to roll a stone away. And he says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, he says, Lazarus comes hopping out in these, you know, kind of garments that they'd wrapped him in for burial. He's hopping out. And here they say, they say, unwrap him and let him go. And in that moment, the dream and a hope that they had had and left die inside of, an, of their hearts, their minds, in this if only statement, Jesus was able to literally resurrect and bring it back to them. And so, I think one of the things we want to talk about here today, babe, and you've done some pretty cool research on these two words, if only, and I'm sure people listening right now are going, okay, like, I think I might be saying if only a few times in my life. And it's, it's natural to happen, but let's talk about some of the research that you've done as you've even dove deeper into the story. Yeah, I think it was really neat when you shared it with me that morning. I was just kind of like, yeah, that, you're right. That's really cool. I, I never noticed that if only before being a big part of that chapter and of that story. And then as I went just about my own day and mm -hmm. life and week, I just kept hearing those words <laughs> pop up in my own head as I would run through my thoughts. And it was different things on different days, but I couldn't shake them now because you had told me that story right. <laughs> and I could not believe how often I caught myself thinking those words, if only about all kinds of different situations. And so I had to bring it to the Lord, you know, right. Mm -hmm. And ask like, what is this? And I started doing some research as you do, <laughs> as you do, <laughs> as, do. as you do for sure <laughs> Like to find some clarity here. And, um, it was so neat. One of my favorite psychologists had all this research on this idea of what 
psychologists call if only thinking or counterfactual thinking, where someone gets kind of stuck in this loop of regret and rerunning past events, wishing that we had done something differently. And we can kind of get stuck, right, in our own if onlys. We all have them, right? Mm -hmm. If only I had done this, or she had, or he had, or we had, or they had made a different decision, how different would my life be now? Mm -hmm. And we can waste a lot of precious time reliving past events and thinking of different alternatives that could be possible if only we had done X, Y, or Z. And this can play out totally different for everyone. You know, as, as Chris and I unpacked this, it looks a lot different for him than it does me. I'm way more prone to rethink everything, every word that I said, every decision I made and kind of think through, could I made a better decision? What could I do better next time? And obviously there's a healthy side to this, right? There's a good part of examining the decisions that we made. It's good to look back and and think, oh, okay, that was wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. Let's learn from it. Let's grow and move on. That's the healthy side of this. But the danger is when we get stuck in this loop of regret and living in a past that we cannot change. And so we're going to talk about a couple ways to kind of break out of this loop and how we can move towards a healthy momentum into the future in believing what God can do now instead of being stuck in the past. Yeah, I think also for those of you listening here that are future oriented, like you, you're constantly thinking about the future, you can look at and kind of play this if only like, ah, oh, man, if only we had done this thing, the future would look like this. And so it's not as like looking back on regret. It's just like, ah, like there's this thing that could have happened if this person or this person, we kind of made one more decision and, you know, you hopefully will look towards your future and go, okay, cool. So now that I can learn the lesson, exactly like you're saying, I'm going to learn this lesson. I'm going to go. And, and so let's dive into it, babe. What are some practical steps that we can take here to kind of shift this mindset or kind of put it right in its right spot? Hey guys, thanks again for listening. We'll get right back to the show in a minute. But real quick, just wanted to remind you to order a copy or two or three of my parents' new book, The Rhythm of Us, from your favorite retailer. All right, let's get back to the show. So one of the things that the research said was that there was a high connection of depression that was linked to this if only mindset. Because Crazy. basically when you allow yourself to get stuck in the idea of if only, what you're doing is becoming hopeless, right? If I'm constantly thinking, oh, if only this, then this, then I am giving up hope for change, right? And so that can look like blaming myself. It can look like looking at decisions that I personally made and going, man, if only I had you know, made this decision. If only I had not picked this kid up at the, that day, or if only you had done this, or if I had turned back then, then maybe I could have prevented this tragedy or this problem or solved this problem. And the problem, of course, with that is that the truth is we are not God. And right. so step one of breaking out of that side of this if only trap is realizing we are not God. We are not all-knowing. We are not omnipresent. There's no way that 
you could have known every single aspect that God did about the situation. We are not God. And so realizing that and admitting that, acknowledging it sets us free to let ourselves off the hook for having more control than we actually do. We are not God. So we can only make the best decisions that we can in every situation. So step one is realizing we're not God, forgiving ourselves for the mistakes that we may have made, forgiving others for the mistakes that they may have made, and accepting the reality of where we are now. So in my own life, there was a a circumstance that really kept pulling me over and over into this loop of if only. And what really helped pull me out of it was taking a moment to do just this, to acknowledge, okay, maybe we made a mistake here. I think the problem for me was going back and forth. Was it a mistake? Was it not a mistake? If only we had done this. Oh, well, if only we had done this and realizing, okay, maybe it was a mistake, but we can't go back to the past. All that we can do is accept the reality of where we are now and hold on to the hand of our Savior that is extended before us. Because just like Chris said, he has all the power in the world within him. He has the power to raise people from the dead. He is the creator of the world. And believing that I have the one problem, the one circumstance that he cannot work for good is just not true. Yeah, that's really good. You know, it's funny. It makes me think, and I I hadn't really unpacked this part till you were just kind of speaking there. It's like, you know, sometimes we can put it on ourselves, right? Like, well, if only I had gotten my kid into the school or if only, you know, all those sorts of things, right? But Mary and Martha were literally putting it on God. They were like, if only Jesus had been here. And I think sometimes in our life, we're like, well, if God, you know, it's like, we're mad at him. And he's like, I got a plan. I'll be there in four days and I'm going to raise this thing to life. But you, you have to trust that I can do it now before he dies, after he dies. And I have a timing that works. And I think sometimes we'll find ourselves putting God in that box of if only, but he has a plan and it's a good plan. His word tells us that, you know, that he's got plans for us, good plans to help us prosper. Right. And and he's for us. And I think sometimes we just get stuck and we have those blinders on. And when we're stuck in that loop, you're not giving God the opportunity to be God and do only what he can do so that, you know, so that you can turn around and bring glory to him in your life and to others. So this is the point where I really wish that each of you were sitting on the other side of this table <laughs> with us so that we could ask you, what right. are your if onlys? You know, we all have them. I wish that we could hear yours, but maybe take some time this week with your spouse or with a friend or with a trusted group of friends and ask, okay, what are those if only moments that I find myself replaying? And, you know, this can also look like well, if only he had done this, right. then I would be more this, you know, and we right. can kind of use it as an excuse sure. to keep ourselves from change and from moving forward. And so this week, we just want to encourage you think through with the Lord, maybe go take a walk or get quiet with him and go on your back porch and just think through what are my own, if only moments that I'm replaying in my head and then talk to the Lord about what he could do through them now. Talk through the reality that you find yourself in now on the other side of that decision or on the other side of that circumstance 
and ask the Lord to intervene now with all the power that's inside of him. Ask him to do what only he can do now. And we're just praying that God will use this in your life as powerfully as he has in ours and that you will find some freedom in areas that have been kind of sucking you into that if only loop. Yeah. And, you know, just like you, babe, it may come in waves. People go, oh, this is, this was, this was a good little (laughs) podcast. And the next thing you know, like, oh my gosh, like God's doing something here. I seriously (laughs) kept texting him and calling me like, oh my gosh, babe, like I cannot (laughs) stop thinking about this if only thing. Right. So it's just been so helpful for us. And we just pray that God will use it just as powerfully in your life, in your marriage and in your family. Yeah, so good. Well, guys, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Our prayer is that God will continue to move in your life and in your family and in your marriage and that this message will continue to kind of move through and that the Holy Spirit will do what only He does best. So with that being said, guys, if you haven't had a chance yet, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram. It's at Rhythm of Us, at Chris Graby, at Ginny Graby. You can find us, follow us, and connect with us there. And then if you haven't got a chance yet, head over to our website. It's new and improved. It's updated. <laughs> the Rhythm of Us dot com rhythm of us.com you can grab a copy of our book the rhythm of us if you haven't had the opportunity to dive in our prayers that will impact you and your marriage we got a lot of great resources and tools there at our website as well so look we would love to connect with you and you can do that on the website as well all right well that's a wrap for this episode thank you so much for joining us we will see you next time on the rhythm of us